Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Horn, the Halloween edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. We'll get right to it. We got a lot to get to. We'll talk about Steve Sarkeesian, his Monday press conference. We'll get to the audio of Steve Sarkeesian uh, at that Monday press conference. You heard it live right here at 1130 right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, We'll also get to previewing Texas versus K-State. The Purple Kryptonite awaits. And we'll get to breaking it down from every angle. Sam Ellinger makes his debut as starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Shows some promise, but gets the L. So we'll we'll get to that as well. Also, the World Series Game 3. We'll preview that coming up next segment. we got the Flex at 345. Cowboys keep their winning ways going. They beat the Bears, but it was Tony Pollard who showed up. It's the man we'll get to because uh, that's the big topic of discussion. Also, uh, will the Cowboys make a move before the NFL trade deadline is up? We'll talk about that as well. All of that and more before we do. Let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. He is Mike Hardball Hard. What's going on, my man? We back in at Cowboys Monday, baby. Them boys out there did some things mm-hmm. yesterday, man. I couldn't be more proud. But, good. you know, there's still that 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 running game, not on the offensive side, mm-hmm. but on the defensive side, that needs to be cleaned up a little bit. But let me break it all down to you, the man that sits across from me every day. He hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. 
but he is a fan of you. The listeners. He is my man and yours, Rob Babels. I appreciate the intro as always. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP. He's the idea you now on the show, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. Uh, we don't know what he's paid, but he, we know he's underpaid. My man, Patrick Davis. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, doing good. Got to see uh, Texas men's basketball play their exhibition. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I'm excited for this year now. I'm telling you. All right. Now, give, me, <laughs> get, give, us, a little, give us a little preview because not everybody. Well, first of all, was that your first time in the Moody? No, it was not my first time in the Moody, but okay. it was the first time courtside in the Moody. First time courtside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. How was it? How was a basketball? First time watching, obviously, a basketball game. It in was the good. It's loud in there, which yeah. is really good. The, the the panels they have on the upper deck seem to work because at least where we were at, it was very loud for when the band was playing, the music's playing. So I think if you get a crowd in there and you get them ramped up, uh, it's going to be cool with the student section closer to the court. Yeah. And uh, those freshmen. Uh, Dylan, Mitchell Dylan Mitchell looks like the real, real deal. deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Moore also had a really good game shooting the ball. So yeah, there is a lot of a lot of hope going into this season. That team looked on defense really, really good. And I think once they get used to playing with each other a little bit better, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. So they're as deep as advertised. Then so they appear to be eight, nine deep. Then they appear to be. They they okay. still they still don't have necessarily the big man that you're gonna you'd like to have. But other than that, there is a lot on there. Marcus Carr looked better than he's looked in a while, not having to carry uh, the you know the traditional point guard yeah. Uh, yeah. weight. Didn't he? Yes, yeah, so we actually literally lost lost weight too, right? Yeah, he did. Literally, yes. literally and figuratively, like the burden <laughs> yeah. of it. But he yeah. also lost some weight too, so that's yes. probably all, all of that probably contributes. But no, I've heard everybody has has said you know that they look really good. Uh, the people that actually actually got a chance to see him up close and personal, and Patrick is one of those lucky folks that got a chance to see it. So. Um, and Arkansas is supposed to be a good team. They're the number 10 team in the country. I know. I mean, so that's... I mean, they played... It was a tough first half. Texas closed out well, which you want to see, and then opened the second uh, second half with a huge run, and that basically waved the flag. And, I mean, you get it. It's in Austin. It's an exhibition game. You're going to get a little home cooking because it is... Everybody hey. knows, hey, man, the, hey, this isn't for Arkansas fans. <laughs> right. Arkansas fans could only listen to it if they listened on the horn because oh, okay. Arkansas had a football game. Yeah. So they weren't even playing it on their radio. Yeah. So it was we were the only ones who had it. Uh, <laughs> and anywhere. And so it, we got it, a little bit of it and I think the white flag got waved and let's not have anybody hurt with about 10 course. minutes to go in the game. Yeah. Uh just because they're like, "Hey man, let's, let's be okay." I was funny Chris Beard pulled some guys out and then you noticed that it started, you know, Arkansas started to score some points and get back in. It just got a little too easy. He's like, all right, get back out there. Get back <laughs> out there. Hey, we want to win I, by a lot. We I, wanna, exactly. We <laughs> I still want it to be a statement win. I want but it to be yeah, statement. we don't want anybody to get hurt. And yes, good sportsmanship overall. Love How it. packed was it? How many people were in there? Uh, it was, I, you know, more than I thought were going to be, considering the fact that tickets weren't like publicly on Ray sale Lee, Ray Lee, yeah. uh, until very late. Yeah. So it was a decent crowd. The student section was pretty good. But basically, there is that. A lower level, which a lot of students, and they were in there, they're, they're getting their chance worked out and everything. So it's going to be a very dimis, different atmosphere than uh, the Irwin Center just because, like, basically, at least behind the scorer's table and behind the bench, that's all students now. That's awesome. That is something. That, remember, you were talking about mm-hmm. it too. You know, you try to make it that college atmosphere where it seems more competi- competitive and not that big cavernous uh, Frank Irwin Center yeah. that you mm-hmm. only got – when you played certain teams, this is going to even look more full, 
even on some of those smaller market teams that come in. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I I, I can't wait to watch a basketball yeah. game in it. I've heard it's great for music. Uh, my wife has been a couple of times for different uh, musical music events, but uh, I I can't wait to go watch a basketball game in it. And I think it's going to be. I think it's actually going to end up being a home court advantage yeah. for Texas. Yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. Because uh, now it's only room for the real basketball fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, I, I love mean, it. The, I love the point it. of Irwin was yeah, too many people in there that weren't real basketball fans. They weren't. They were yeah. Just, yeah. And I mean, there are there is still that one row on the other side that we're on. Yeah. That there's like one row which you get a lot. Of, you know where Jay Hartzell's sitting there and you get the mm. the you know some yeah. of the bigger names right there. But it's one row. And then there's then there's seating right behind that, but that's kind of that's in a different. But all the students are right around in the horseshoe right there. Mm. Yeah. So those guys are going to be. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, all right, there you go. A little sneak peek from my man Patrick. He's right there, uh, up close and personal. Got a chance to uh, get to know the Texas basketball team and also get to know their new home, uh, the Moody Center. Yeah. All right, let's uh, talk some Texas K State and. I mean, we can, we'll hear from Sark here in just a second, Harge, but I'm sure you got a chance to witness it. Patrick, you as well, and most of the college football world uh, at least tuned in for a little bit of it. You probably didn't watch all of it because it was hard to watch. Um, but I don't know what K State has against the state of Oklahoma, <laughs> but they put another Old Testament style, old biblical style butt whipping yeah. on an Oklahoma school. This time it was Oklahoma State. And, guys, I'll just give you a couple of factoids about the blowout, the shutout blowout loss, Mm -hmm. all right, for Oklahoma State. Uh, It was the largest uh, ever shutout by a lower-ranked team over an AP top 10 team. Um, Largest win for K-State, based on margin of victory. Largest win versus a top 10 team. Largest uh, margin of victory versus... Uh, ranked team since 2002, largest Big 12 uh, win for them since 2010. Uh, it was the first Oklahoma State shutout loss since 09, and their worst shutout loss yeah. based on margin of victory since 2000, since Rod B mm. stomping on the 40 acres. Yeah. Um, that I did not see that comment. We both picked Oklahoma State. Yes, we I, did. I thought it could easily end up being K State could win the game, but to do it in the manner not in which like they that. did <laughs> with a backup quarterback, right? With a guy I used to call Will Spill the Peel Howard, and he looked like Will the Thrill, thrill. <laughs> yeah, Howard out there. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was really impressive. It's, and and for Longhorn fans, you hope K State got it out of their system. Uh, but that purple kryptonite has never looked so formidable um, as you've seen them look last week against Oklahoma State. Yeah, it was it was one of those games that you sat there and you still were trying to figure out as the game was going on. How did Texas lose to this team? How did Texas not finish the deal against this type of team? And those are the things that, as a right as there. a fan, you sit there and you're saying they didn't score a point against K State. Couldn't do it. They didn't get. At one point, you thought that they were going to make a quarterback change they didn't because, sniff it. yeah, they weren't even close. As a matter it. of fact, the K State led at half, thirty five to nothing. They controlled the ball nearly two-thirds of the half and also had 350 yards of total offense to 112. I mean, it was not 
even close. They, they didn't have a chance. No, it, it was never. I, I watched the early part of it, kind of before the boat racing started. So I was watching it when it was like fourteen zero, and it was still considered competitive because Oklahoma State was scored at any yeah. point than they could. But then uh, it was a fumble, I believe it was, mm-hmm. uh, and then that that was it. That started the boat racing, and then it was, that was it. Um, and I'm with you. I was thinking about Oklahoma State, and I, I think about, I thought about how you know how susceptible and vulnerable they were right. at home versus Texas. They looked very beatable, and very. then K State <laughs> just decided we're not going even we're not going to make it a contest. It won't even be a a competition at all. So they just dominated Oklahoma State. A lot of injuries on both sides, so there's no excuse. No. Uh, Everybody K-State was equal. Had a ton <laughs> exactly. of injuries. Their had starting a, quarterback was out. Yeah, their backup quarterback was in there. We yeah. don't. We still don't know the status of Adrian Martinez. Correct. Um, so it, it, we'll get into hearing from Sark, but even Sark acknowledges got to prep for all the quarterbacks possible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And 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 when you look at what Will Howard was able to do, and you go back and look at the game from last year, because I went back and looked at the stats, he actually played a good game against Texas last year. It he, was a decent game. He still couldn't throw it, though. He just couldn't make a lot of throws. But he could run it, and he, he was it. being very effective in the run. And now then this year he's passer. throwing the ball yeah. a lot better. Now he's a better passer. So he's, th- those are the types of things that we continue to talk about is, like, where do you see improvement? Well, you see players that are making improvements that are understanding what is being asked of them, and Will Howard is a perfect example of that. Chris Kleiman, damn good coach. We've been both talking about how mm-hmm. good of a coach Chris, Chris Kleiman is. And then you look at what um, Colin Klein has done for Will at the quarterback position and how he's helped him get better and better. Yeah. And then backing up Adrian Martinez, who we still don't know who if he's going to play or not. But look, Deuce was loose. Let's just say it. My man ripped yeah. off that run up the middle, and nobody could catch him. They had angles, and they still couldn't catch him. And they showed a, a from-behind pitcher where he split the guys, and it just looked like a perfect relay. Like they were racing for the 100-yard dash. <laughs> and Deuce was just letting them know, y'all aren't catching me today. No. He, he, he is such a special, special type of runner, which goes back to our point of what we were saying last week. Should have just kept running the ball. If your quarterback wasn't, didn't have his, his fastball, Keep running the ball. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what they did. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they, they they have a quarterback though. They have the plus one in the running they game um, as an advantage. But I'm with you on that, no question. Um, okay, let's hear from Sark. Here is Sark talking about him and the other uh, players in that team watching that K State game from this weekend as well. Uh, probably both. Um, I was actually watching it with my son, which was kind of fun. You know, he's a football player and he's pointing things out, and I'm pointing things out, and. Um, on both sides, you know, about things we saw from Oklahoma State from compared to a week ago and whatnot. But I think in the end, you know, we already knew they were a good football team. Uh, I think they went out and showed it. And I thought one thing that was very impressive is they capitalized on the opportunities they got in the game. You know, they got turnovers. They got turnovers when they needed it in the red area. Uh, they created explosive plays, whether it was a little bit of a broken play or a really cool designed run. Um, and I thought they used the momentum in the game and the crowd and took advantage of it, uh, it, was, it was a really good game. Uh, I could tell you this from a coach's perspective, I'd much rather that that outcome was that way than the other way around going to play that opponent. Because from a psyche, from our player standpoint, um, I think to a man, anybody that watched the tape, that got their attention. You know, we're, we're getting ready to go play a really good team on Saturday. That's actually the last point. It's probably yeah, the best point. That's the best point. He's right about that. I mean, you watch that and you're thinking to yourself, 
damn, that's one of the best teams in the country. <laughs> right. Whether whether it's true or not, at that point watching, that's what they looked like putting that whipping on Oklahoma State, which is considered to be one of the better teams in in the Big Twelve, but also one of the better teams in the country. So I I do think you'll get a focused Texas team um, on the road, though. That's the big test. We haven't gotten the best execution on the road night game uh, from as Texas. well, and they're on the road <laughs> night game. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right about that. I actually saw. If you go look at the last time Texas won a uh, road night game, I got this from Horn Sports. Shout out to them. Last time Texas won a true road game, all right, a true road game at a P with a PM start, yep. evening start, so six PM or later. Let's yep. go there. Six PM or later start. Two thousand eighteen Texas Tech. Mm. True road te- true road game with a six PM or later start. Mm. That's been a uh, uh, case. I was wondering and doing the math. That's been a while. <laughs> yeah, and only <laughs> that's been a while. Only won three. Only won three of those such games since 2014. And, and Sark has had issues. Yep. His issues on the road as well. Mm-hmm. So he's got issues on the road. Texas, as a program itself, has had issues on the road. Big games like this uh, with late PM starts. So. We'll get into that coming up, of course, but uh, let's hear from Sark again about K-State. Here's him previewing uh, the Kansas State Wildcats. Well, it's great to be back at it. I think that um, we uh, took advantage of last week in, one, getting healthy, which was one of the key components to what we wanted to do, Um, two, start some preliminary game planning on Kansas State, and three, uh, really working on our developmental players. So I thought we accomplished a lot last week. Uh, I thought it was great to get out and recruit over the weekend, but also give our players a chance to kind of kind of hit the reset, recharge button. Uh, and, and it showed today. I thought we had a really good practice, really good intent, great energy. Um, and so that's a, it's a really good start to the week against a really good opponent. Uh, I think Coach Kleiman has done a fantastic job at Kansas State. Uh, they're talented in all three phases. Um, you know, these guys take care of the ball on offense. They create a bunch of turnovers on defense. Uh, they limit their penalties. Um, I think they play really good team defense. Um, you know, I think they've taken advantage of the transfer portal on their roster. It shows up at safety or at quarterback or at tight end. Uh, and they got some talented players offensively, uh, whether it's either quarterback that's in there has obviously shown the ability to move the ball. The runner, as we know, is a fantastic player. Both receivers are not only good uh, at receiver, they're great returners for them. Um, so this is a great task going on the road into a, a really cool environment. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, one thing that I keep thinking about now playing K-State, and Hodge, I remember – we brought this up. You brought it up initially when we were uh, talking about Big 12 media days when mm-hmm. they picked the all Big 12 team. K-State had more. The most. Representatives on there than any other school. Yes, yes. I don't know how to go seven. They had six. They had six, six of them. Yeah, yeah they had like six that. of them that were there uh, okay. offensively and defensively along with yeah. special teams because yeah. of kick return. Yeah. You know, Knowles is, is a big play type of player. But when we sat back and we were talking about it and we noticed that, we also realized, too, that this team kept getting better. And I thought the, the acquisition or the, the portal uh, pickup of Adrian Martinez was going to be a big factor. It's already paid dividends early in the season. And then you put him in the backfield with Deuce Vaughn, who was a preseason All-American at running back, along with Bijan. They were some of the <clears> – <throat> he was one of the best players in the country in a lot of people's eyes. So when you start breaking it down and you're looking at all these teams, you're still trying to figure out, 
is this team one of the best in the country? Watching them last week, as you just said, Rod, you, you realize they have skilled players, and they mm-hmm. play without their best – I mean, their starting quarterback, and we've seen yeah. it. But not only that, they put up 48, and that defense stopped a banged-up Spencer Sanders, yeah. uh, kept them with the, – they were playing the defense that you were talking about last week. They weren't letting – they were making him throw the ball outside the numbers. It was easy. I mean, it was was, the game plan was it executed yeah. to the best of their yeah. ability, and it didn't get any better than that. Yeah. No, it did. They, they, they picked up where TCU left off right. game plan wise. Right. Um, and I know Texas said they tried to do that, but they couldn't execute it. And K State just, uh, they really, they did it to a T. Right. I mean, it was, it was actually they executed the game plan better than TCU did initially. <laughs> Correct. Uh, which was just forcing him to throw intermediate outside the numbers or deep, and he couldn't do any of it. Not no. at all. And they, they don't have a running game. That he is their running game as well. Mm-hmm. That's why they're an easy. They don't really have a lot of dimensions to that offense. Uh, against Texas, all they simply did was they threw swings, running back swings, <laughs> yeah. all right, just to get the you know the running backs into the flats one on one with Texas you know defenders. Which I would say Texas defenders actually tackled that route pretty well. Absolutely. Uh, one thing they didn't tackle well were the wide receiver screens on the outside of the perimeter. That's where they gave up a lot of the chunk yardage plays, and then we saw ultimately the defense melt down. But they. Yeah, I mean, that's the Oklahoma State couldn't run the ball against Texas. Spencer Sanders was the only running game, so they probably should have devoted more resources to stopping the uh, intermediate second-level passing game. Yeah. Because that's what they killed him on late in the game. That's which, what, that was the yeah. – they, they kept hitting, which is the only thing that really Spencer Sanders can throw with any accuracy, and Texas couldn't take it away. And trust me, K-State is going to tr- do the same thing. I mean, that's what Texas uh, has been vulnerable with all year long. Uh, anyway, it, they won't, it won't matter if they don't stop Deuce Vaughn, though. All right. the schematics right. go right out the window unless you figure out a way to neutralize Deuce Vaughn. He's that much of a difference maker. Um, other than Bijan, I mean, he he might be right behind Bijan. Oh, he's right as, there. As like this oh, he's right second there. best running back in the country, or at least top five in that conversation. Yeah. Here's Sark talking about uh, Deuce Vaughn. I like the way Deuce plays. You know, he's a really versatile back. Um, you know, they, they do a really good job. They're creative with him, uh, not just, you know, running the ball, receiving the ball, moving him around. Um, He's got great, you know, balance and body control. Um, he has the ability to make you miss in tight quarters and keep his balance and get positive yards in, the, in a lot of their power run game. But yet, obviously, he has the versatility to take it the distance, as we saw last week. You know, he can outrun you. So uh, he's a guy that you definitely have to be aware of, number 22, where he is at all times. Yeah, I mean, I saw recently they put him in the backfield with another tailback. They'll use two mm-hmm. tailback sets. They'll put him in eye formation with fullback in front of him. Uh, they'll, you know, use the 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, and then spread it out, put him in the slot, run him, you know, routes downfield, uh, option routes. Um, he, he, he does a, a ton. For them, and they figure out a lot of great ways to hide them. Yeah, I was just about to say that's what it's all about. You yeah. look at it and you say, "Okay, what can we have to use our best weapon?" Mm. And that's what he is. We're gonna we're gonna find mismatches all over the place, and every time. Don't forget, he had like ninety seven yards receiving at one point last week too. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh-huh. he does it all, and that's the beauty of it. They they don't mind using that dude all the way around, and I love it. I love watching them play, and that's why when I was watching this game, I wanted to make sure that I got a chance to see it early, and then I watched it again late. 
They weren't letting off the. Th- they were not letting off the gas. They kept going no. right after him. No, they did. I mean, yeah. it's and I mean, Deuce can. I guess that's the beauty of it. If you take away him as a traditional running back, mm-hmm. uh, hell, they can just line him up outside, and then you got to figure out a way to <laughs> yeah. stop the, yeah. the screen game with him and stop the the quick game and the short game with him. Uh, no pun intended there. But he he no he is he's phenomenal. Uh, all right, so let's get to this other case. I think this is big. The, the bye week is mostly for Texas about getting healthy. That's their biggest issue. Uh, if Texas can't get healthy. Then I mean they're going to face a Herculean task up at the Low Lapel trying to get a win there. Um, Anthony Cook, Ryan Watson, secondary is probably right now hardest hit uh, by the injury bug. You had Jalen Gilbo mm-hmm. even went out of the game last game too. Um, here is Steve Sarkeesian talking about the status of Anthony Cook, Ryan Watts, and some of those other guys' availability. I think it's probably a little too early. I think both guys are making really good progress for us right now. All, all of the guys that were banged up, um, I think we're, we're all moving in the right direction for everybody. All right. That's positive. Yeah. I, I, not positive enough, but positive. I, I mean, Anthony Cook's not going to be available, in my opinion. He's got a broken arm. I, I, I think he's going to be out at least this week. If he right. comes back, I, I don't think it'll, it'll rush him back. No, I know they did have the bye week, but I mean, it was a broken arm, right? Right. It is a broken arm, but, but, <laughs> the way that everybody's been coming back, I was watching the game last, I think it was uh, Saturday night, and there was a defensive back that was playing out there with a big cast on, covered up, and an elbow brace. I'm like, what in the world hey. is going on? <laughs> that dude, I'm about my work. Hey, I need I to feel get like, out there. <laughs> I feel, that's true, good point. You know, it's, yeah, that, if that's the case, if yeah. he is your best option, at, like I said, if it, at 77%, if right. Anthony Cook is better than whoever is behind him, the backup, at 90 percent yeah. then take the banged up Anthony Cook with the broken arm. I think Ryan Watts will be available. Uh at, but and Jalen Gilbo, but Anthony Cook, I'm a little bit, you know. Yeah. I'm not, I would say I'm the glass half I'm glad glass half empty. I'll say that. Yeah, I'm with it. you on that. I'm not I don't be I don't be pessimistic about it because I hope he plays. I hope he gets to play. Right. That broken arm though is a lot to get because it takes a week to kind of get accustomed to it, I imagine. So, yeah. And I wonder if he's he's practicing this week i mean he didn't say he wasn't practicing no so. he didn't he said everybody's getting better everybody's getting I know, better which, <laughs> i mean it's so vague that, it's it's like, like, i don't, yeah, I don't know so what that vague. means yeah, he just, said he said everybody was getting better with quinn for three weeks when he yeah, didn't play exactly him. so everybody's getting better everybody's yeah. getting better technically everybody's everybody, getting work everybody is yeah. getting better there <laughs> yeah. um no we'll get we'll hear some more from from sark but this is going to be a big matchup i what i don't know where the line is now harge but it's shifted Multiple times. I think it started out originally as a pick 'em. Yeah. They went Texas one and a half. They went Texas by three. I got. I had it at Texas at one. Texas at one Texas right now. Texas as one. Okay, so it's been shifting all around. Yeah, it's been um, changing. And 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 again, it depends on what site you're on too, because a lot of people are looking at one site, then you come out to another. Circa uh, had them at minus three at one point. Yeah. So it's just it it just moves around. But I got it at one. Man. I know Texas was favored versus Oklahoma State, too, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot to go into that. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it all depends on how K-State, what that what that win does for them. Are they going to be kind of flying high? Are they ready to be kind of, are they essentially ready for it to like, crash? 
kind of a fall from grace after riding so high after beating Oklahoma State that bad? Or is this a team that is ready now to ascend? You know, some teams, some programs, unfortunately, it hasn't been Texas lately. They get better as the season goes on. Here, here, here's and the traditionally, be- K-State has been a team that's been better as the season goes on. I think Baylor is one of those programs that will be better as the season goes on. You'd rather see them earlier rather than see them late. For Texas, this is kind of the crossroads. Um, just kind of see if Texas is going to continue to get better as the season goes on because we've seen them very sporadic, yeah. right? There, Texas is not really consistent in the product that you see, whether it's the product versus Bama, the product versus Tech, Oklahoma State. Hell, beating the hell out of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they beat West Virginia so bad, I assumed, man, West Virginia was a bad team. West Virginia's not necessarily a bad They're team. They're not a bad team. <laughs> Texas They're just not. made them look like a bad team. So for, for Texas, I think the key for them is, can they get consistent enough and can they improve every week? Can improve the consistency and improve every week. If they do that, then I think you're looking at a team that's an eight, man, maybe even a nine-win team by the end of the season. It's, it's, if not, they're going to be a seven-win team. Yeah, and then, and then that's the scary part. But going back to what you asked about K-State, the difference about this game for K-State and if they are going to be ready, I would say if it was anybody else, there might be a letdown. But it's Texas coming in. The University of Texas is coming to Manhattan um, night game. They know what it's all about. They lost to Texas last year, Mm -hmm. so their mindset is playing for something bigger. I don't know if you remember this, but at the beginning of the year, didn't I say that I had K-State playing for the Big 12 championship? And right now they're lined up to be playing for the Big 12 championship, not only because of the fact of the players that they have or the preseason all Big 12 Mm -hmm. team, but most importantly, Chris Kleiman. Yeah. Chris Kleiman has shown us that he's a damn good coach, and he brings it every single week. He is so animated on the sideline. I'm, I, I, it cracks me up because there's so much emotion because he's invested on both sides of the ball. That's the one thing that I, I need to see here. I want to see investment on both sides of the ball, not just the offensive side of the ball. I want to see it on both sides. I mean, I don't need you yelling every single play on the sideline, but I do want to see when the defense isn't playing well, we 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 see some emotion involved in it. And I know it's different for a lot of different folks and people carry themselves certain ways, but Chris Kleiman is all in, baby, for K-State. And that's why I think that this week, their focus is going to be there, not because they just blew somebody out, but because Texas just is coming in, too. Yeah. No, Chris Kleiman's been proven he's a hell of a coach. He's not at this level. No, at every um, level. But he's done it for years, and I think once again now proven that he can coach with the big boys, the yep. big dogs. There's no question about it. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into some World Series breakdown, preview, game three a little bit on the other side. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 on the Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. This is a smooth soul Monday. 
slash Halloween edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 Horn. Make sure I get it right. Smooth Soul Monday to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans out there whose teams may not have prevailed <laughs> this past weekend. So as a Texans fan, I'm in there. Uh, at Longhorn fan, hey, Longhorn's in play, so that's a dub, baby. That's a win right there. Winning. Cowboys fan, my man Harge. He's, uh, he's on the high over here, man. He's feeling good about them Cowboys. Oh, because yeah. Not only did they win, they did it in dominating fashion. So uh, we'll get to that coming up a little bit later on. But thanks to my man Patrick, a smooth soul Monday edition. And this is Rolls Royce, in Mm -hmm. case y'all were wondering who Uh was singing this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, hopefully uh, I don't need, as an Astros fan, hopefully I don't need smooth soul Monday to soothe my tortured soul. Uh, Hopefully I'm talking about a dub for the Astros. But, um, man, we on Friday... We talked about, well, I guess not worst case scenario, but a bad case scenario for the Astros. And I'd point out they hadn't won a World Series game one. And what if Verlander just doesn't have mm-hmm. his best stuff? Mm-hmm. He didn't have it. But he did for he, a little he bit. He did it. Okay. Well, he did yeah, for a little okay, bit. Okay. For a little bit. But and then Dusty left him out there a little bit Dusty too long. Did Dusty leave out there too long? He left him out just a little bit okay. too long. Right. Because there could have been a little bit of, hey, he had, some, he had a good outing. Get him out of there so he can have his confidence okay. and, and change the mindset of Philly. Left him out there a little bit too long. Got some pop, pop, pop. Goes the weasel and things <laughs> changed a little bit. Yeah, because Verlander is fragile yeah. in the World Series. Oh, yeah. And yeah, maybe Dusty should have recognized that. Yeah. The, the fragile state of Verlander. That sounds like, no, if he's, if he's grooving, uh, it's actually only a matter of time in the World Series. Not necessarily, oh, Verlander's got his best stuff and he's mm-hmm. going to keep it going. So that was unfortunate. Uh, Astros did bounce back, though, like the rubber band men. Uh, they rubber band man, not rubber band men. Uh, rubber band men. Uh, Astros with the win in game two. Um, that was Fran Valdez who put in some work. I mean, he. Yep. Oh yeah. It, it, he's all, he's been really impressive, obviously in the playoffs. But six innings pitched, uh, only one earned run allowed, had nine strikeouts, got three walks. Uh, but I mean, he he only got in trouble once, mm-hmm. and then he worked himself out of it. I think that was in. Man, that was right around. Was that the sixth, sixth, sixth fifth, or fifth, fifth inning? inning. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, yeah, it was in the sixth. Yeah. You're right. It was the sixth. Yeah, it was the sixth inning, and then he ended up working himself out of it with a double play. Yes, right. Oh, big time double play too. Into a double play later on, and then in the seventh, he got into a little trouble. That's mm-hmm. when Dusty decided to pull him. Yeah, right when he got, which I think was six a good and move. a third. He went six and a third. Yeah, because um, he got that leadoff double. He allowed a leadoff double in the seventh. Another. Quality start, too, by the way. He yeah. had a major league record, 25 quality starts. Added another one to his resume. A lot of uh, a lot of things happened throughout that game where you're like, uh-oh, this could be, oh, got him out of there. Oh, well, this could be, oh, got him out That's of true. there. There were some situations that took place, and he was dialed in from the very beginning. I mean, he was dialed all the way in. So when you start looking at the importance of Frammer, and what he brought every single game this year, mm-hmm. it is it, it, it's undeniable. It's undeniable, and all of it happened when he got that hair. It all, <laughs> <laughs> it all hey, came with that now hair. you know there's a conspiracy theory related to the oh, hair yeah. now. Oh, you yeah. guys have seen this. Oh now, yeah, right? it's the hair, the glove, the the hand. It's yeah, everything. The They're way, trying to yeah. say that 
oh, he's got all these Massaging the ball excessively yeah. with yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. People, people were just reaching for reasons. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying we'll acknowledge it. Just yep. so we ain't ignoring it. But yep. it's out there in the Twitterverse. People oh, were yeah. making allegations. Yeah. But of course. I think, yeah, the Astros, I'm with you. I think Fran Valdez is just, that's how unbelievable. His, you know, uh, his ascent has been. But the funny thing about it is, we just talked about it. He had twenty five quality starts. No idea. I'm talking about this year though. Oh, like he, yeah. this was the year. Like he's 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 born. Like, I mean, a lot of it started yeah. with the hair too. The hair, it's man, it changed life for him. Man, <laughs> it's amazing uh, how you. Start to get that soul glow and just <laughs> let it go, right? <laughs> no, you're right about that. But uh, no, I mean he was he was on. See, he was he really 104 pitches, I think total. But um, he allowed what in the I think through five it was a, two hits allowed through five, and eight of his nine strikeouts had come through five. So through five, he was just unhittable. Yeah, uh, in game two. Well, the thing too, you 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 have to worry about this, and I'll talk a little bit about this in the Hard Knocks life today. You start looking at Jose Altuve getting on base. Changing the energy. You know, that first night, it didn't look good. And last night or uh, Sunday night, hitting the ball all over the place, making plays, doing what he needed to do. And now, I mean, Saturday night, now he's he's getting his confidence back. You're right. He's, the one thing that has been kind of troubling to me is Altuve doesn't look like he's running fast anymore. You know, because Altuve, normally he has good jumps at first base. Real Moto, uh, Real Muto is throwing lasers to second base. Maybe it's just—is it just that, or is it more Altuve? Is it something that you have noticed? I've noticed because he's not making the plays close recently? at first base either. Okay. Because remember, he used to get down that line and make every play. Maybe hard. it's father time. He's uh, older. Uh, maybe he's he's frustrated because he hadn't been getting hits. He got some in game two, right? But that's Went that's three for four in game two. That's, that's right. my point. It's like now let's see if he can get out of the batter's box and get down the line. Yeah. Because before he would hit the okay. ball and put pressure on you as a fielder. I told you. When, uh, like yeah, when yeah, yeah. He used to make people you nervous. Make that, play quick. Yeah, yeah. That, that throw yeah. in game one, though, by Real Muto was insane. And the I second mean, it was one yesterday. I mean, that, Saturday, no, too. He was a good throw in the game, too. The throw in game one, though. He hit him like right where it's wherever you're supposed to put your glove. I mean, it was unbelievable. That was man. unbelievable. Because if he doesn't throw it right there, it's safe. Sa- yeah, yeah. No, it's a. It, it's it's been fun to watch both of these teams go at each other because of that. You know, there's so many storylines mm-hmm. that are involved each for each team. You know, Bryce Harper, somebody that everybody has been talking about the entire time. Well, he's struggling a little bit. They're figuring out how to pitch him. But now he's back at home. What is he going to be like at home? And then news came out just a second ago, Bob uh, Nightingale. He said that MLB officials, after a meeting 30 minutes ago, are scheduled to have another meeting with the Phillies and the Astros at 5 o'clock. I guess that would be Eastern time. So here in the next couple minutes, actually, uh, to determine whether they're going to try to play this game tonight because of the rain. Uh, so okay. they're hoping to have a final decision no later than 6.30 Eastern time. So 5.30 our time. We'll know a little bit more if they're going to be able to play this game. And remember, Gene Watson came on with us last week, and he kept saying there's supposed to be some bad weather in Philadelphia on Monday. So it may give these pitching staffs a little bit extra a couple more extra days of rest. Yeah, Lance McCullers and Noah Syndergaard were supposed to start Game Three. Yeah, um, if, if they get extra time, do they 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 don't reassess that, right? You still I think go you do. Re- you may really? reassess your pitching staff. Okay. I mean, I think McCullers would still be the starter, but Syndergaard may not be the guy. Interesting. And I'm okay. calling this game, and I'll talk about it in the Hard Knocks Life. I'm calling if they play tonight and these two match up. This is the Tommy John. 
Tommy, Tommy John. John gang. Tommy John gang. Both of these boys have had some issues with the Tommy John. Uh, that's true. So right. you're going to have to see how both staffs use their bullpen in this situation. Is this a quick hook game? Because we've seen Senegal get taken out of games early, especially now mm-hmm. because of the stories of oh, yeah. how many Tommy Johns he's had. We already know about Lance, Lance McCullers. Yeah. yeah, so and we'll see. just not see. sure about him exactly. coming off of it in this environment, World Series. And the bad weather. Bad weather. Grip yeah. on the ball. I mean, there's just so many other things that are involved in I it. I like that. So we'll see exactly what they do. Tonight. Especially when you got a bullpen as good as the Astros. Exactly. Why I, not be quick with it? Exactly. And they need yeah. to start using some of the the other players that they haven't used, like a Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown should be in that that type of environment because the Phillies don't know much about him. The scouting report would be a little bit different. Dusty gets into this thing where he used the same guys in certain situations, but you know, all game plans can be Changed a little bit. Call an audible every once no, in a that's while. True. No, maybe right you have that. them face one or two guys instead of trying to pitch the entire inning. There's there's a little cat and mouse game being played right now, and I just think sometimes we, not me, but Dusty overthinks it a little bit. I'm a big fan of what Dusty has done. I'm a pull for him. He's he's gonna forget more baseball than I'll ever know. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, hey, hey, old man. They you might there. be getting old. Use use some of that information that people are giving you, you as are. well. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, it's going to come down to, especially since you lost that game one. Yeah. Um. Those those decisions, right? That little chess match yep. I always talk about within the game. Yep. There's one within every game, and there's one happening right now between these two managers. Uh. All right. Uh, we'll we'll talk a lot more World Series. Obviously, you're gonna get to it in your harsh knock life a little bit. Yep. Talk some more baseball. So we'll do that. Um. We come back. Let's get into the flex on the other side. I got some standout performances from the weekend Ooh. to get into. We'll talk about that. We'll also uh throw you uh throw you over to the flex website let you know about some of the great content over there that awaits you all of that and more right here halloween edition about don't lie i want to put down the horn <laughs> Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Next segment, uh, we'll get to some NFL discussion. Cowboys with a big win over the Bears. Uh, Also, Texans lose, but what else is new? Uh, More (laughs) trade news. Also, Roquan uh, Smith was traded to Ravens. The Ravens. I know. That's an... That's an interesting move, actually. We got to explore that a little bit more. So we'll talk about that coming up on the other side. And also, will the Cowboys make a move before the trade deadline? There is at least there's some scuttle out there. Yes, Jerry Jones is the one who's leading the scuttle, but if you will, about that conversation. So we'll talk about that coming up uh, next segment. Uh, Let's right now get into the flex flxatx.com flxatx on all of your social media platforms. Uh, Did have a really good weekend of high school football. You can always go over to the to the flex flxatx.com and go check out the scoreboard uh there's a lot of other great content getting ready actually to i think they're working on it maybe behind the scenes stuff on the all uh flex uh volleyball yes um team. Uh, I believe that's something that's also in the works, but not telling you that that's over there right now, but just saying you can go over there and check out uh, some of the content leading up to uh, that 
the that team, which will also, like I said, be out there a little bit later on. We're also going to do our uh, football, the all-flex all uh, football team for Syntax a little bit later. That's something mm-hmm. else we're working on. So the Flex crew is doing a lot of great work over there. Uh, my man Derek Cohen, who's one of the hardest workers over there, always doing great stuff. He has sent us some of the great standout stats uh, from this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, had the uh, the wide receiver uh, Keaton Kubeka. Uh, from from Westlake, who had nine receptions for 143 yards, two touchdowns. Is he? Is he with? Is it a Kansas? Is he a Kansas, he's a Kansas verbal Kansas, commitment? Yeah, he's a vet, uh, Kansas commit. I remember, yeah, yeah, when I we met him, before. we did, and I was like, "Good gosh, these are some he's big old huge. kids." <laughs> he's huge. I'm like, are they just growing him like yeah, that around he's here? Huge. I, got, yeah. I mean, was he like six four, six yeah, five? Yeah, he was. Like t- that? He was bigger than, he was Jake, bigger than yeah, yeah, he was bigger than Great House. I like, thought, as I thought far he was as tall, tall in terms yeah, of yeah, in yeah. terms of his height, he was. I mean, that's a guy I could see. I mean, nothing against the young man, but I definitely see somebody saying, "Man." I'm going to turn him into a freakish yeah. tight end. Oh, for sure. I know he can run routes, and I know he's got great hands. I'm just going to add a little weight on him, teach him yeah. how to block. But he's, he is – I mean, so Kansas, I mean, they got a good one. I wouldn't – I wouldn't doubt if – some of his stats this year, maybe he has uh, some other schools. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely that thinking him that. An offer. But he, he's speaking a, of that, you know that Great House is supposed to be taking another trip to the University of Texas on November the 12th. We'll get into that a little bit later, but really? it was announced that he will be taking a visit to but he's Texas. He's not opening up his commitment, though, right? I mean, you know, it's still open out there. We, what did what Bucky doing? always say? Go spend a night at the house in the driveway <laughs> playing basketball until he signs that paper. We talked to Jaden Great House and. He seemed. I remember he talked about the academics or something oh, yeah. that really. You know they got great academics about, here at the Forty Acres, uh, Notre Dame, and he did talk about he really liked Marcus Freeman, but the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, <laughs> Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, uh, making the stallion size, yeah. Lizzo size, but is that they you know they hadn't really shown a football product yet, not yet, and the football product now is probably less desirable <sighs> than it was. Before the season started, when they had all that momentum in recruiting, and everybody Facts. loved Marcus Freeman. And now it's like, well, Notre Dame, how's the football there? It's like, yeah, football's not great. <laughs> yeah. I like Marcus Freeman. I like the academics. How's the football? Eh. Eh, we're so, working on it. Yeah, exactly. We're working on so it. So I can see why he was, yeah. you know. Just go take a little trip. It's yeah. right across the road. Keep your options open. Go, Nothing wrong go with across that. Town Lake and go check it out. Uh, well, <laughs> I always said this too. I said, Texas, he doesn't, he doesn't fit. Steve Sarkeesian's type of receiver, but he's still a great receiver. But, but I was he like, does fit Steve Sarkeesian's type of tight end. I know, but I don't know if the young man uh, wants to play tight end. I know. <laughs> I, I've said that before too, but I don't want to, you know, disrespect the young man. Yeah, but uh, facts. I got you. You know what I mean? I got you. I don't know if he wants to play tight end, but you know, maybe, maybe he does. I watched him the I other night. He was, was returning the, punts. Yeah, he's skilled. Yeah, he's got. The skill level. He's, he's freakishly yeah. skilled. No yeah. question about it. No, he can play wide receiver. No just doubt. Saying. Uh, I, I can see teams just trying to. I thought Notre Dame might try to, to experiment with him yeah. a little bit because he's so thick. Yeah. He's a thick wide receiver, man. Uh, quarterbacks that uh, had standout performances uh, Mason Shore from Rouse. Yep. 19 of 23, 252 yards, five tuds. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Huddle quarterback, Will Hammond. 18 of 32, <clears throat> 279 yards, three touchdowns, and two uh, two of rushing touchdowns. Uh, running back uh, Quentin Joyner for the running back for Maynard, eight rushes, 174 yards, and four touchdowns. And he didn't play the first half. Mm. He came back and played in the second half. He had to sit Did he out. Have a suspension. Or yeah, because his brother got suspended as well. That I think supposedly, I'm not sure. They said something about mm. there was a punch thrown at a game. 
during a little scrum and he got suspended and then Quinn Joyner didn't even start the game, came out and still had those big numbers right there. Hey. Yeah, chip on his shoulder. Yeah, hey, you know got I mean? something to, to prove. Make got something to yeah, prove. Make amends. I like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, go check out uh, the uh, Flex website, flxatx.com, flxatx, on all of your social media platforms. The guys are working real hard. My man Snoop Snoop, JJ Dunn, uh, Derek Cohen, Zach Lucero working hard over there. Uh, Nolan Hogan, uh, the C, they got a great crew. Cameron's over there working with their group now, so they got a lot of guys uh, helping you out with all their great content. And I want to give a shout-out to Kim Funk. I normally don't do this do this that, much, that, but – He's over uh, Nico Hamilton in the last two games at House Park. He's rushed for 391 yards and five touchdowns. He went over 1,000 yards this year, which is a big thing for a kid that got sparing run last year because they had such a great running back room last year. And he stepped up and took over the mantle, so to speak. And he got over 1,000 yards. So shout out to Ken Folk, Nico Hamilton, and they won again 55 to 7 this past week. Who do they have next week? Do you know? Uh, no, I think this, is, uh, this isn't the. This might be Bowie. This might be the Bowie game this week. You might be right about yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's Bowie game this week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, uh, yeah. Beauty Johnson? Oh. No, no, job. no, it's not. It's E.Y. It's Bowie. I yeah, that's Bowie. what I thought. Yeah. I thought this was the one that right. everybody's been waiting on for them to play Bowie. But um, okay. it's a big week. It's it a, big a big week. week. Uh, yeah, we're coming down to the end, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many more games we Playoffs, getting yourself yeah. seatings and all getting that close. stuff. Craig Way and mm-hmm. Light the Tower, that crew, Snoop and Jeff, they've done a good job of giving everybody – the lowdown on what's going down yeah. with the playoffs. Uh, I think Westlake plays Peter Johnson, actually. So, yeah. sorry, I missed up my lakes. <laughs> <laughs> All y'all it, lakes look alike. I was going to say, it, it can't get down. I like can't. I can't the lakes. But he's right, telling we'll you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back. We'll get into NFL news, notes, and nuggets right here on Ball Don't Loud. What a 49 the horn. <laughs>